All right, praise the Lord. Jesus is King. Say amen. Amen. All right, quickly, let's take our declaration of understanding. All right, I want to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Now, please open your Bibles quickly to the book of Psalm 63. We are also going to start from here today. Psalm number 63. If you are there, say amen. Amen. All right, now we're going to read the whole of that psalm together. All right, are you there? Okay, let's do everything together. One, two, let's go. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Read the, the verse 6 again. I meditate on you in the night watches, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it will go into the depths of the earth. They will be delivered over to the power of the sword. They will be a prey for foxes. But the king will rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him will glory. For the mouths of those who speak lies will be stopped. Now, why did we read this? I want to go back to that verse um, six again. He said, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Today we are going to continue looking at the place of our help. There are two... Now, let me start like this again today. Okay, let me say my, my prayer for you and for myself too is that you will walk with your eyes on the things of the Spirit. Not just, you know, this by faith. Now... When we say by faith, many times what we mean is that I can't see it, which is not a lie. But it's almost as if I'm praying it is true. I hope I get my point. Now, faith is easy when you have revelation. Now, Paul didn't need to be, you know, he didn't have to persuade him. All Jesus needed to do was to show up to him in a vision. The moment he saw that Jesus was alive, believing was not hard anymore. I hope you are getting my point. So that's a prayer. You should pray for yourself that God will open your eyes 
so that spiritual things will be very tangible and very real to you. I hope you are getting my point. I've had different testimonies. People, some, they, they struggled around, and then they went to pray. When God wanted to boost their faith, you know what he did? He opened their eyes, and they saw angels. And suddenly they knew they were not alone. We know the story we read all the time, or refer to, about Elisha. What happened? The soldiers surrounded the mountain. They came to the hill where he was to come and arrest him. But he was relaxed. Why? Because he said to his servant, those who are on our side are more than those who are on their side. I hope you're getting my point. So it was not possible to panic. It's not like, hey, try not to be afraid. At that point in time, fear was, you need to hate God to be afraid at such times. He couldn't be afraid. Why? Because he had seen them. Whether he saw them with his physical eyes, but at that point in time, he didn't have any shadow of doubt that they were present. He had to pray for his servant that God would open his eyes. And then the young man calmed down once he saw it. So now, now remember something. Those angels, those chariots, they didn't go out to fight the chariots of the enemies. Elisha actually came out and said, who are you looking for? The man wouldn't panic anymore. Even one of them says that. It's not as if he saw those angels carrying his sword now. Following, he knew they were there. So he went and said, who are you looking for? Because Elisha had prayed that God would blind the eyes of these men. So when God blinded them, they could see physically, but they did not perceive. They saw physical things, but they could not interpret it. They are, you, you have heard different testimonies. And sometimes the way God has delivered you, you don't know. Things come to the area, and where you live, it seems to them like a wall. To you, it's a door. But to them, it's what? A wall. They do, and they can walk past. The house, to them, is an empty lot. It's not yet been built. There's a whole family. Four families are living in four flats there. They don't see it. There's a story of one man. I still have the video here. He was testifying at one particular conference. A Nigerian pastor somewhere in, in Plato, around just area. Islamic militants came into his home one day. All right? True story, of course, he was testifying. And they attacked his family. In fact, they injured his wife the first time. She didn't see for a long time because of the attack. Exactly, but he escaped. I mean, he was not home. I don't know what, but that day, I think he escaped. That day he was not around. Yes, he wasn't around. Exactly a year afterwards, in the same house, the same people came back. This time around, they caught him. And they put him, you know, they held him. And I think he put a gun or a knife or something to his neck. Either a gun to his head and they were going to kill him. Because he was a pastor. That's, that was the crime he committed. These are Islamists, Islamists, militants. So he told them they could kill him, but they should give him a minute to pray. So they said, no problem. So he knelt down to pray. And that's the last thing he remembered until his family tapped him. They've gone. It's a statement he made that's making me refer to it. He knelt down, closed his eyes to pray. He did not open the eyes, just believing that he was dead. Next thing, his children tapped him, Daddy, get up, get up, they have gone. He said, only heaven will tell what they saw that day. Because what they suddenly just got up and ran away. Nobody begged them. They just got up and just ran away. The family, no whether, they saw them just gather themselves and run away. So he said, only heaven will be able to tell what they saw. Because the family didn't see anything. He didn't see or hear anything. 
But somebody drove those people away. Fear, fear came upon them. Terror came upon them. That's how angels operate. So the story of my friend who was, something like that was going on around. He went into his room to go and pray. And he was, was praying. He felt somebody was in there with him. He turned around. And literally, he saw the individual standing against the door. His hands folded and staring at him. And smiling. The guy was like a giant. Bigger than a giant. So tall, he said he had to bend his head to fit into the room. And the man was just smiling. He said his hands were folded. And the way he saw him was as if he blended into the wall, saying to him, nobody's passing through this door. I hope you're getting my point. No, these things are real. They are real. The spiritual is real, and that's what I've been trying to emphasize for some time. The place of our help is not the security fence around us. The number of soldiers around us is not the thing that will command security for us. Let me remind us of something again. See, when you want to pray for yourself, you know, I said, Len, let God even know you're a serious person. And then you kneel down, you're hearing, God is hearing food, drink. Do you know Jesus said, don't worry about those things. He said, these are the things the entire pray about. Father God, in the name of Jesus, this year, ah, hmm. two pieces of meat is what I, I look, this, this year, is not, I'm going to be eating the way I ate last year. No. This year, the meat must increase. And Jesus is just looking at it. So of all the things that you need on this earth is for your meat to increase. If you pray that kind of prayer, let me assure you, God is angry with you. Especially when you are more than five years old. If you are only five years old, the Lord will just say, now small picking the warrior. But once you are older than five, even five-year-olds, they know there are more important things in this life. They say, I don't ask for meat. But some, things, some of the things you ask for, they are just like meat too. God doesn't like those who always, anytime they get on their knees, is more food, um, more money. More clothes, more, you know, everything is material. Be honest with you, you'll start having testimonies very soon. But you will know that those testimonies are a sign of God's irritation with you. You come, you pray for money, say, give him money, let him go. Let serious people pray. It's occupying prayer space. And you say, ah, praise God. As soon as I kneel, look before God says, see, I'm using it to drive you away. I don't like your company. I don't know whether you have, you've had such experience. There are people you give things like that. Just don't call me. What is it? Just send the thing. Don't, as long as the person doesn't call you, you are happy to give it. And he thinks, ah, this brother is very generous. You're not generous. You are irritated. And the way to keep the guy at distance is what? Give him money. Yeah, it happens. It happens. There are times God will just give you. Yeah, just, what is it? Give him more food. You stop praying. Stop pray. Find party happening around him all the time. Increase his salary. <laughs> he said there are three serious things to Pray about. Seek first the kingdom of God. There are things you get to your knees. Ah, say, God, have you not been hearing testimonies about healing power? You know, you say, God, uh, why is it not happening regularly like this? God wants to see. You know, you start telling God, these are, hey, God say, hey, nah, these are children. These are friends. You know, God wants people he can discuss with. You sit down with the Lord and say, Lord, say, God, say, hey, let's, say that, that egg, the way they fried it, I didn't like it. Go, just go to the next person's house. <laughs> say this one. Oh. We are looking for who to talk serious matters with. You should know how to pray in such a manner that God will like to come to your house to sit down and have conversation. Now, why am I saying all of this? Please, when you want to pray for things, pray that God will open your eyes. David said, open my eyes, O Lord, that I might behold wonderful things out of thy law. Those are prayer points that God will know. I say, 
correct guy. You get to your knees and say, what are you praying about? See, Lord, this iniquity in our land. I want to forgive our brethren. The way we have been talking about the cause of the problem in this country. God will say, this is a good man. Let's talk. In fact, he'll start giving you revelation. Say, do you know who the next president is? Say, no, Lord. Say, if I tell you, don't tell anybody. You just see the person giving an acceptance speech. You just see in a flash. Ah, I'm like, God. Now, if it's somebody you are supporting, you're like, ah, Lord, you serve your day. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> when somebody you are not supporting, like, Lord, why did you choose him? And the Lord will say, relax. I know what I'm doing. And you know, God say, ah, you said, Lord, I know you know what you are doing. Thank you, Lord. But, you know, there's this joy and, you know, you're happy that anybody campaigning, they are campaigning. You look at say, leave all this campaign. You'll soon stop in systole. So I just give you a medical word. It is so stop. Leave these things. You can imagine how a man like Sadhu Savaraj, he stood up in, a, in the assembly of brethren when Donald Trump did not look like he was. Do you know the truth? I didn't take Donald Trump. In fact, I didn't even think the guy took himself seriously. I thought the whole thing was a big joke. I'm used to his rabble-rousing attitude. In the midst of that, the master said, the Lord said to him that he went to, he had a vision. And it was revealed to him that this is the next president of the United States of America. And he stood openly and told people in, an, in August that this man will win the election. That is, for, to him, he, he wasn't like, uh, let us pray, let us not pray. This man is winning. God said he's going to make him the president and there are certain things he wants him to do. Bam. I heard the story of one man. When Russia first broke into, that's USSR broke into the compartment um, republics. So when Russia, Russia became Russia again, Boris was trying to get some things done. So this man had a, a, a revelation and God told him to write a constitution for Russia. I don't know which country he was in. So he wrote the constitution of Russia and God said, go and give it to Boris Yeltsin. How do I get to Boris Yeltsin? The Holy Spirit revealed to him where to go. Maybe like, okay, go to Lagos. It's not Lagos. I'm just as an example. That lodging um, Ikeja Sheraton. Boris Yeltsin is coming there. Something like that. It, was not, it really happened, but not. I just used Lagos as an example. So he got there early, lodged into the hotel. He had his document in his hand. And then he came out of his room. And next he knew. Yeltsin was actually leaving, staying in one suite down the, that floor. And he was walking down. And he stopped him. Sir, the Lord said I should give you this. And Yeltsin collected it from him, looked at it, and thanked him for it, and left. And then the day the man was written at the Constitution of, United, of the country, of the new republic, it was almost word for word what he wrote down. You know that one? Even God doesn't give you a car, doesn't give you a house, doesn't give you anything. You, you, you know, you're, you are fulfilled. You are fulfilled. <laughs> what am I doing? You are like, I mean, you can die in peace. I'm telling you, like, Mr. I lived for something. I hope you're getting my point. I mean, those are the kind of things we should strive for as believers. When, you know, we have, you know, the easiest way to grow church. Now, this is not an indictment. I'm not trying to insult anybody. And I'm, I'm just wondering, is this fact? Human beings are like that. Just start praying every day on what they shall eat, what should I drink, and with what would people clothe themselves. In Nigeria, add their enemies to it. Do those four things. That's it. I put speaker outside there. And do it all night for two nights. And then give some stupid testimonies. I was delivered from staff Lokukus, you know? Just give some funny testimonies. 
just testify then. Then that day after the prayer meeting, when I go home the next day, the witches, the witches in our neighborhood, they began to confess. I hope in most of those testimonies are lies. Like, like people can lie. Hey, one day one woman called my wife, tell one long story of her. Ah, the people that the person that been afflicting their family for twenty years finally confessed. When my wife told me, I said, tell her she'd be ashamed of herself. One human being afflicted your whole family for twenty years, you, and you, are, you can testify that the person confessed. Are you not ashamed of yourself? If it's just two months, somebody's afflicting my family for two months, and he confessed, I can't shame. Will not let me come here and tell you. I, I will be so ashamed that eh, with this Christ inside me. A low-level witch is afflicting me. No, I won't tell you because you will know I'm a sinner. You will just know. You just know. <laughs> I just <laughs> I won't even tell my wife that somebody has been afflicted. Because my wife is in hell. Okay, what have you been up to behind my back? Because something, something has to explain it. Something has to explain it. If such things happen, I'll just be quiet. Like I say all the time, if I'm just if I'm if, if I came in here now, I'm full of mud and everything. Say, Pastor, what happened? Say, one six-year-old took me, beat me, put me inside potter potter. Do you think I will tell you? Like, even if it's demon possessed, I won't tell you. <laughs> I will not tell you. Now, what I'm trying to say. So, you see, Christians sometimes we just make, we make into, we glorify bad things. Prayer points are stuck on, solve this problem for me, give me food, give me money, give me promotion every day. Uh-uh. Now, what I want to say is true, eh, but I'm not really happy saying it because I don't misdirect people. Start praying that God uses solve problems for people. You'll be amazed at how fast you will grow spiritually, materially. Now, why is that? I didn't want to say that some people now, is that, is that so? That, is that the key? <laughs> what they see in it is the key. They are still thinking only of themselves. So that intercession for another person is what? A key. That being a blessing to somebody is a key. I told you I went to preach somewhere one day. I almost collapsed. No, people are deaf. You have to pray for yourself that God will not allow you to be deaf. Human means can be deaf. I went to preach. I'll just, just like now, I'm just, just I'm saying what I'm doing now. I said, please, you don't have to live for yourselves alone. Come on, try and live for someone. I just explained. I said, look, you have been praying that God, give me a car, give me a car. I said, is he only, I said, have you ever been a blessing to somebody? You see somebody that has a car, said, dashing with a spare tire, you know, blessing with a spare tire. Please, what have I said? not clear. What have I said? That be a blessing to somebody else. That even if you don't have a car, God can bless you enough to be giving out tire. I sit down after preaching. You know. One that came to me say, I just want to clarify something, sir. I said, what is it? He said, you say, if I need the cash, you give out a tire. <laughs> it's amazing how people hear you. I said, what? That's what you heard from what I said? And I said, anyone that needs a cash, you sow a tire. You know, that seed is already inside the bottom of his brain. So anything you say is your own. Is your own. You must sow a seed. Well, let's just leave that. People of God, see, what am I going to say? There are higher things. There are, there are deeper things. There are greater things to aspire to in life to make your prayer point. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Many people don't know God, who don't know Christ. Let me, let me put it like this. Who don't know Christ? Who are seeking something? If you see what they go through. The man we call Buddha today, I've forgotten his real name. He was born into a high-class family in the Hindu caste system. His, his family was well-to-do. But, you know, he renounced everything because he said he wanted enlightenment. That was the origin of Buddhism. That was the origin of Buddhism. The man said, ah, I read a bit of his story. I think there was a time I did research on many religions. Of all the ones I read, but it was one that impressed me the most. 
These people that call themselves great men, those are to, to me, I just said a confused man started a religion. That's my own. The man was, he was in um, the seminary to train as a Roman father. Then he said, I said, go away. Some people say they are the natural way back to God. I said, get out. All those ones that started after Christianity, I don't have no regard for them. But when I read the story of Buddha, I was convinced without a shadow of doubt in my mind. If that guy had lived after Jesus, he would have met Jesus Christ. He would have met Jesus Christ. Now, of course, what you know modern day about Buddhism is not what he started. Of course, that's how it is. Because he didn't write anything down. So all kinds of things have happened since. But when I read a little bit, I said, no, if this man had believed. In fact, I first heard this man quote him, um, John Gillick, that many of the things that Jesus taught on the Sermon of the Mount, that Buddha taught them hundreds of years before that. Now, you see where I'm going? So when I read, I said, no, no, no. If this guy had been alive, and many other things I knew, all right? I said, no, he would have met Jesus. And if you're going to listen to Sadhu Savaraj, he'll tell you, those wise men from the, he said they came from India. Now, whether that is true or false, I don't know. But there's a reason why I believe it. Those people, if you know their culture there, their quest for spiritual things, God will have sent them over. Go and meet somebody. Because they were looking, they were looking. Then when they saw the star, I said, guys, what I've been looking for for generations has come. Now, what am I telling his story? Rich man, rich young man from a rich family, when he looked at life, said, no, there has to be something to life more than what I'm seeing here. He renounced all the wealth, became an ascetic. Asceticism did not work for him. He ended it. Because after all this fasting thing, the guy stopped it. <laughs> he tried it. He tried ascetic. But he was just, now, where I'm going, he was just looking. He wanted to understand. And then we have an easy, no, pardon me now, I mean, let me be like this. Let me not use the word easy. Which one do I use now? A sure. We have a guaranteed way to the Father. But you know the problem with us? We are not seeking anything. If on the way to go and seek deep things, somebody gives us food, we are happy. On the way to go and seek deep things, somebody gives us food, no drink, we are glad. They give us a suit. Ah, this is what I've been looking for, a man in my God. You know, then you go back home. Deep things we are not interested in. Till now, confused people are seeking things. I'm telling you. But what I like about them is, I just look at the zeal. Now, like Paul said, I testify, all right, that they have a zeal for God, not according to knowledge. For many people in this world, I testify also. But the problem is that those who have the real thing, they are not serious about it. When you want to ask God for, look, what I ask God for, I pray all the time. God, I can share with people. Lord, just open my I don't want to be walking, you know, like they tell me that uh, something's happening. I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be seeing things from beneath. I'll be afraid like an average person. Give, for me, there are eyes I ask for. Give me the eyes of Daniel. Let me see what's going to happen later. Give me the eyes of Elisha. Let me see the angels that surround the mountain. I hope you're getting my point. Give me the eyes of Joseph. Let me know how to interpret dreams. Don't let things, you know, things around be affecting me. Do you know, if you go and read your Bible, in Daniel, the Jews don't consider him a prophet. I hope you know that. The book of Daniel is not one of the prophets in the Bible, in the, in the Jewish Bible. It's there, but it's not written as a prophet. It's not classified with the prophets. They have three groups. They have the law, the prophets, and then the writings. Daniel is one of the writings. The prophets are in two groups. Daniel didn't fall into any of the groups. Now, when I began to study Daniel some time ago, I understood why. 
Now, this was the reason they said. They said that I didn't bring them any message. They didn't, they didn't know that the Lord, the Lord came. The Lord said, no, that, go and read it. Daniel never gave them, as a nation, any message. When I heard that, I said, ah, wait, and I looked closely. I said, wow, that is true. So that's why his book, even though it's part of their canon, is not one of the prophets. They classify with Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. That's why they kept Daniel. What they call the writings. Now, why do I like to tell the story? But how come we Christians call Daniel a prophet? Of course, it's simply because of the visions he had. The revelations he had, which he wrote down. Some of them, they told him not to write. Things that he documented. That all of us now read. No, why did God give them to him? Daniel had more revelations that he was allowed to write. Now, why did God give them to him? Personal consolation. Many of these things in the Bible, they were personal things for Daniel. It wasn't for anybody else. The rest of us now just all things are added onto Daniel, you know? <laughs> that is just side effect. Why? You know, Daniel was taken to Babylon. You know the story? You know, he never went back to Jerusalem. All his life, he prayed for the consolation of Jerusalem. He wanted Jerusalem liberated. He, you know, there's a way he understood spiritual things. So God said, ah, this is my guy. In, you know, in heaven, Daniel was highly, oh, highly esteemed, respected. That was one name you mentioned in heaven, and all the angels would pause. If that, when Daniel died, I can imagine, in my mind, when he was arriving in heaven, all the angels stood like, a man of high esteem. is the kind of person God will come to his house. Let's talk. What's going on in Babylon? No, Jesus likes to gist. Serious gist. Not nonsense gist. Do you know what's going on in this country? Jesus will go to another house. He just says, just have your time. <laughs> All you do is whine and complain and grind in his ears. This rice has stone. Eh? It was imported rice. Now there will be no stone in it. Just go and eat with somebody else who's eating with Thanksgiving. Do you know God goes to people's houses? So if a man loves me, he will keep my word. Then the father will love him. Then I and the father will come and make our abode with him. Daniel was a man that Jesus would have been glad to come and visit. So those revelations were given to him to give him personal consolation. Your personal consolation. Say, wait, this is not what will happen to Jerusalem, the way you are thinking. Now look at this. After this king, another one will come. This man was seeing world events ahead. And he saw the coming of Jesus Christ. He saw the, com- the establishment of the kingdom that will last forever. Why? His eyes were set on serious things. Many of us, our eyes are set on just, you know, that's why, you know, when we talk about walking the will of God, I've been trying to emphasize it to people. It's not that God speak to you. I'm sure if you have heard me long enough, you know it by now. It's not that God speak to you, God does not speak to you. Speaking to you doesn't mean much. I'm sorry. There's so much emphasis that God speaks to you. Let me tell you what you emphasize. Your emphasis should be, should be on, do I understand him? That's what's more important to him. There are people, God, you know, you know, God can't tell you what you can't hear. So what he said to you is what you could hear. So don't come and embarrass us with it. The other people say, God said this to me in your mind. and say, oh boy, you can't even speak English because if you could, God doesn't speak in this kind of vocabulary. Now, what I, what I mean is, the depth is too shallow. It's too shallow. Now, for God to tell you this, it shows that 
you have no understanding yet. That you go and keep learning. You can't have serious conversations with the Lord. You've had conversations with your children before now. You know, when they are like two or three, you, you will, even you'll be speaking stupid language with them. Da, 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 da. I can imagine that kind of child go and tell the friends, Daddy spoke to me. What daddy said, Daddy said, da, 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 da. It's you. You are the problem. It's not, it's not that daddy can say better things than that. Now you yeah, hear Christians be bragging on, you know, the Lord, as they're going to pray, the Lord began to speak to me. And he said, That's what the Lord spoke to you. That's Matthew chapter 1. Verse 1. That's what the Lord spoke to you. It's obvious you don't read your Bible. See, if the Lord spoke down to you, it's obvious, my guy, you don't read the Bible. So I began to pray this morning. The Lord just said to me, in the beginning was the world, and the world was with God, and the world was God. He said, eh? The Lord told you that. Brothers, come. You know what the Lord was saying? Go and buy the book of John, Gospel according to John. Read it. It's there. What you should be more concerned about, that's what I'm trying to say. Alright? Is development. Understanding the mind. Not that you are hearing voices. Because what you are hearing is limited by your ability to receive it. Jesus said to them, there are things I want to tell you, but you can't bear them now. I'm talking about the quest of our hearts, people of God. Let me say this. This is the word of the Spirit. Heaven wants to come down to the earth. Did you hear that? Yes. When heaven comes down to the earth, you, will see, you remember when Jesus came? That was heaven that came down to the earth. He told Nathaniel, you believe. Why? Because I said I saw you. He said you will see great things. You will see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. To Nathanael, you will see it. Now, what am I saying to you? Angels want to, God wants to send angels to ascend and descend on somebody here. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Let, look, enough of uh, gathering looking for who will solve material problems for you. If I tell the material problem, you stay there. People have met God in caves. You are living in a one-room apartment, so we won't hear a word again. There are those who had mansions. They left it, went to caves, so they could hear from the Spirit. But I thank God for your life. That God is not prosper you in a hurry. There's a level of prosperity that will deaden your spiritual sensitivity. That one I'm convinced of. If everything you're asking for more money, see, you don't need money. You need look. That level is good for you. There's one thing Bishop Edipo used to say those days. We will laugh. He said, when they have ministry in Kaduna that time, that there are people that he wants to send somewhere. He said, I can pay, buy, buy flight tickets for you. He said, but why should I buy flight tickets for you? He said, enter a bus. He said, by the time you enter Gallup, heat, breeze, blow. He said, by the time you get to Lagos, you're under visions and revelations. <laughs> he said, what are you doing with air conditioner? You're going to freeze your head. You need your room to be hot so your brain will be warm. You can think. Of course, when you understand what he was saying, that there's a level of comfort you get to in life here. Eh? Believe me, you'll be too unspiritual. That's a matter of fact. So stop being preoccupied with where you are today. That's the point I'm making. Stop making a preoccupation. God will lift you when you are ready. Like I was preaching on Sunday. Don't even think, look, some of the things that are bothering you, they don't bother the Lord. God could have brought Jesus Christ into the house of uh, the richest man in, in Israel. He could have done that. He chose a very poor house. Like there was no space in the inn for Joseph. Eh? You know what that means? People say that you say everywhere was full. That is true, everywhere is full. But bros, there's a level of money you have. When you get to places, they will drive somebody else for you. They'll just say his wife is in labor. <laughs> there was no space in the inn. It's partly because the man didn't have money. I hope you're getting my point. 
Yeah, God chose that deliberately. So this one, you have been whining about the fact that you can't afford expensive hotel. You only stay in a tiny one. God said, that's why you are going to give birth to another savior. Yes? If you call Joseph and Mary now, say, okay, choose. Well, I'm going to make you richer. You'll be very, very wealthy. Bosha. Bosha. We'll have to go to Miriam's house. She'll now be the mother of the Lord. Mary will say, lie, lie. Say, poverty is my portion. <laughs> yeah. Say, I don't, this, this, eh? So I will not have the honor of being the one to deliver the Savior. Leave it. I hope you're getting my point. One of my say, please, keep your eyes away from these mundane things that we have made prayer points. I want to pray. Let's ask the Lord for serious things. Let's ask him, give me understanding. Let me up, up, behold wonderful things from your law. Those are the prayer points you should be having. And you should read the story of Daniel and say, ah, Lord, now wow. So a man can pray until he dreams the dream of another person. I hope you get my point. Because when Nebuchadnezzar dreamt the dream, they said, tell us the dream. Say, so you could tell me anything. You're not telling you have interpreted it. Say, okay, let's be like this. You have to prove to me you can interpret. How? Tell me the dream. Say, tell us the dream. You can say, hey, hey, guys, I've forgotten the dream. In fact, the dream is not clear again. Now, I'm convinced the man lied. Having dreamt as an adult now, I know you don't forget serious dreams. Any dream that is, that's going to make you gather all your wise men, any dream that will make you threaten to kill them, you did not forget. In fact, Regina will tell you one of the ways you know, and I have personal experience in that, one of the ways you know useless dreams from serious dreams is that no matter the amount of time that passes, a serious dream does not fade. But not these dreams you, 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 you dreamt and you were running, Master was pursuing, you have forgotten. <laughs> and then when you got there, now they were not eating rice, not collecting your portion, and they gave you one leg of chicken. And the leg of chicken was as big as a buffalo. You know those kind of things. <laughs> you, you have forgotten. You can, you can hardly remember them. Rick Jonah said, if it's a serious dream, eh, let for one whole year pass. It will still be vivid, to be clear to you. So Nebuchadnezzar is not telling me he forgot. I don't believe him. That's what I'm trying to say. He just placed that in as a test. So anybody who's claiming to be able to interpret the dream, he will know whether he's serious or not. Now, the story is not about Nebuchadnezzar and his dream, but about Daniel. Daniel said, eh, is that so? They said, eh, if you can't, you're amongst them, you're a wise man in Babylon. You and your friends, you're all going to die. <laughs> Daniel said, it's not your time to die. So he gathered his friends. They just asked for time, and they went to pray. And then that dream was revealed to Daniel also. Habba. Does it, don't you feel bad that not, even your own dream, you don't even understand it? <laughs> when somebody else is dreaming, somebody else is dreaming and interpreting it. So when you want to pray, get on your knees and pray. That's the kind of thing you should be asking the Lord for. You're walking in a place. You're supposed to solve a problem. It's hard to solve. Get on your knees and pray. I don't know whether you're getting my point. And I ask the God, see, this, Lord, see, this work is, this thing is hard. But I want to crack it. You will see angels walk into your house and do engineering design for you and say, hey, look at this where the problem is. Anytime this thing is more like it bends here. Why? You guys didn't factor in the weight of the arm itself. Eh. So what you need to do, you come to office next day, you scratch something, say, sir, that thing keeps on breaking after using it for six months. Nothing wrong with the manufacturing material process. So we got the calculation wrong. Say, eh? Ah, yes, so. How do you know this kind of thing? There's a God in heaven. I you know I told you that he's my friend. So <laughs> we talk, we talk. So he revealed this one to me. He said, okay, sir, okay, that's very good. But I tell the Lord that um, it's another problem we have. 
I want to tell you that. Don't say, ah, uh, no, say, okay, sir. Tell him, no problem. Then go home, eat, drink, be merry. Then sleep. And wake up at 3 a.m. And say, Lord, please. You were there, but let me just present it to you. It's a new problem we have in the office. Before you know what's happening, God will have taught you so much advanced engineering. I hope you're getting my point. That's the kind of prayer we should be praying. You can't be praying. That's the kind of prayer Christians should be praying. That's the kind of prayer we should be praying. It's not of all this Google and Nepal prayer. God, you know, yesterday when I saw guy, there was no granite in it. Today, a professor. A professor. Professor and Google and Nepal. got in heaven. The Lord is good. Oh, by the time we finish this series, I wanted to desire a serious walk. So walking like a spirit is good. God needs spirit. You know, when people that walk like spirits around the earth, God will even use it to show that he's, you just tell someone, hey, come, come, come. Don't travel that road. That bridge is going to collapse at 12 o'clock. How do you know? Well, I woke up this morning. An angel told me. So he told me to everybody in my household and my neighbor, neighborhood, don't pass that place before 12. And one sinner will carry one big truck past there at 11.55. Boom, to collapse. Then it was, ah, thank you. He said, we thank the Lord. You know, God does, does just does that once in a while. How do I know? God told Abraham, uh, Paul, don't worry about it. Tell them I told you. An angel of God stood by me. Paul told them later that nobody will die today. He said, the angel of God, whose I am and who myself. If because of you, see people in your neighborhood. I hope you're getting my point. So let's, let's, let's desire, that's the point I'm making. Alright, so let's get back to it. That desire is set up in our heart. One way by which we activate that walk in the spirit. That's Psalm 63. I said the blessings of God are packaged in two things, right? What are they? The name of the Lord and then what? The promises of God. The name of the Lord and the promises of God. And so what we need to do is to know the name of the Lord. It's very important. What is the name of the Lord? Please, in your Bible, do that. Mark it anytime you see what is said, what is said about God. The Lord is. That's one of the things I do. The Lord is or God is. God is mine. Those kind of things. Those are the names of God. Like being creator is a name. Being provider is a name. Being keeper, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. Is a name. I hope you're getting my point. Is a name. The name of God is what describes his character and his work amongst men. So anytime God's, God's work amongst men is described, that's his name. I hope you're getting my point. So that he breaks the chariots in two, that's his name. He makes barren women dwell in the house as joyful mothers of children. That's a name. I hope you're getting my point. If you know Indians, that's what they call Indians, the Native Americans. The way they give names is like that. Their names are descriptive of somebody's power, his ability. That's it. So a call runs very fast for me. You know that guy is swift like a gazelle. They'll tell you, what is his name? That's his real native name. Runs very fast. I hope you're getting my point. That's how names are. Names describe, so when it comes to God, that's how it is. So what was the David telling us here? So two things I said. One, the name, the, the, our blessings are where? In the name of the Lord. And two, his promises. Now, so this is what we are bringing out here. David said, when I remember you on my night, 
uh, on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. What does it mean to meditate on the Lord? Last time we talked about the Lord being our song. What does it mean to meditate on the Lord? It's simple. I was teaching students the other day. I told them something. Just wanted to explain something about the relation between genes, the variation of human beings as accounted for by just a tiny fraction, less than zero point, of course, far less than one percent of, you know, I was just talking about it. So I was just emphasizing to them that look, in the same manner that there are even, even in earthworms, there are many enzymes in earthworms that are identical to those in human beings. Now, those who don't know God, you know what, is, what that means to them? It means that we evolved from earthworms, that their great-grandfather was an ecolo, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but I said, but those of us who understand God, what does that mean to us? You see, the same designer. It only means that the person who made the earthworm made the human being. So he didn't, he didn't find it necessary to make some parts again. He has used those enzymes in, in earthworms, and they work. So he uses the same thing in humans. That's why no, many of like now, there's one animal. Now, just to give you, you know, I like to educate people. So when you are going, when you talk, they say, "Man, you know, buku." The animal that we like most in medicine, all right, to supply parts to human beings, and it's going to work. It's going to work. They are working on it now. I believe it will work. Technology has raised that level. You know the animal they like most? The pig. Yeah, the pig. So, those of you who are doing pig farming, there's business coming, man. Yeah, I believe within the next 50 years, thereabout, I give you 50 years, all this one of transplanting human heart will probably have ended, if God allows. Do not be transplanting pig hearts. If you want to know why, there's no long, long race. It's body size and basic structure. The pig heart is about the same size as that of a human being. They can, we can't give you a cow's heart. I mean, there's <laughs> no <of> space. <laughs> and when you're transplanting heart, size is the most important thing. All right? Now, so God has made it. Not really. A lot of uh, people, uh, we already use parts of pigs a lot for, for giving to human beings. You know, when this guy had his valve replaced that time, he was taking for a pig. Yes. All right? Uh, it's a common thing. That one's very easy to do for certain reasons. All right? Now, where I'm going is that, see, it just shows us that God, the same God that made that heart, you know, said this one works well. So when he made the human body, he just used the same. Just now. now, I'm talking about meditating. So when you see all of those, it just, it just says, uh, you know, we evolved. First, we were ecolo, then from colo, we now became um, pigs. And then, why? Because the hearts are similar. Nonsense. God had a long, you know, on the shelf. He had made designs of, this is the best one. Just took it, used it for the pig. Time to make the other. Yes, something similar. Tweak it a bit here. Use it. So when we think about those things, we say, ah, God is what? Great. God is great. Because of my knowledge of human physiology and anatomy, sometimes I marvel at the greatness of God. I just marvel. The day I was drinking water, and I didn't have a cup. I had a bottle. I didn't want to put the bottle to my mouth, all right? Because it's a reusable bottle. So, I put the water up, so it was dropping, and my throat, of course, it was, my mouth was open. Now, if that thing dry, <laughs> pours straight into my trachea, you know what that means? That, yeah, that is just <laughs> dead light at the door, you know that kind of thing, yes. 
So I, I was drinking like that. And it don't know me that children do it every day. Adults do it every day. And people generally don't die from it. That's why we continue doing it. We do that thing all the time. It doesn't cross our mind that it's risky. Without you even being taught. Now, if I show you a picture of it, all right, a section to see how it goes, you're like, oh boy, if I, you will now become my friend, say, I'm not doing it again. Now, so man, they take that. No, do you know? But once you put it up like that, it just goes home. As soon as you start, the tongue rises up, something shifts like this, a piece of flesh moves over the, the windpipe, the trachea, just backwards and deflects everything to the back. Say, hey, you, go down the throat. You are for swallowing, not for inhalation. And if one tiny, tiny drop manages to escape, instantly your diaphragm pulls down, your chest moves, ah, you start, you can't stop the cough. And you'll be looking like, oh, boy, hey, God, say, I take chances. Your body will react, you will cough and cough, your neighbors will come. What's going on there? Say, he inhaled water. Those who don't know, now put, <laughs> put your hands, I'll be beating your back, which is good. I thought about this was just about, I think it was yesterday night. I was alone in the house. I said, now, wow. So I'm alone in the house. I'm not going to die before anybody comes back. Why? God designed this route. Ah! I said, Father God, you are great. Very, very, God is great. In fact, every day I say, anybody who says there's no God, please go punish him. Because, you know, you just, <laughs> yes, you need to teach people a lesson. You can't just say such things. There are things that I don't like to say. I feel like it's an insult. To say there is God. I said, what do you mean? I shouldn't tell you there is God. I don't know about you. I find it insulting to try and prove the existence of God. It's an insult. But if you don't want to believe, believe it. God, the Bible never did. It started with, in the beginning, God. If you don't like it, drop the Bible there. Once you say, in the beginning, what? God. If you don't like it, drop it. I meditate about it. Sometimes I even see bad things happening. I just say, God, if you want to punish people, they can't just find a way out. You just hedge them in on every side. I meditate on, that's what David said. I meditate on you in the night watches. Verse 6, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. I start thinking about, listen, I've said it many times, what the world is trying to do just to remove that thought process from us and focus it on other things. Like, um, do you know, there are three parts of human beings, spirit, soul, and body, right? People just think that it's the bodily things that keep you alive. It's not so. So they, they are very careful about diet. I'm a very, when it comes to diet, I don't, I don't, honestly, you know, like, all this, okay, check what. My number one, I'm not a child anymore, okay? So I'm not looking for chocolate and sugar and sweet, all right? But my number one deciding factor for what I eat is how it tastes. I taste to, look, there are things I, one of, I don't drink uh, stout, all those kind of things. Number one reason, useless taste, thank you. It's not the sweet. If I tell you this, it will surprise you. I hardly drink malt. Say so it's not sweet enough. Let me not tell you the things I drink. Uh, thank you, you know? You see me. Those are the things I drink. Say, so, well, it's gonna, I said it's not gonna kill me. God didn't give it its power to kill me. I believe I'm old enough to, by reason of use, 
I've taught my mouth to discern between that which is good. Once I taste it, it tastes nice to me, it's the will of God. All oh, this is what you're saying. I don't get it. It's not like I go around looking for how to eat poison. I hope you're getting my point. Because I'm not hung on all this. For the one that makes me laugh the most. He said, don't eat sugar. I said, why not? He said, it's bad for you. I said, says who? When you ask them, they'll be looking. I said, why do you talk to people who know more than you like this? He said, that's how people say, he said, don't eat egg. Those days, you know when they were saying, don't eat egg? I ate egg. After 30 years, they said, okay, sorry, it was a mistake. I said, it's not for me. Go and tell those you were making the mistake on. Me, I ate it regularly. And the one that makes me laugh is Africans. Poor people say they don't eat something. Who gave you the tin in the first place? Say, no, I don't eat egg. I said, spell egg. Let me even hear the spelling. <laughs> See, poor people copying Americans. You know, Americans have food, they, they overindulge themselves. So some of these things they try to teach you. It's not for you. One day, in his days, one day my mom said that the doctor told my dad not to eat egg. I said, did he look at who he was talking to? That was the question I asked my mother. I was already the doctor. I said, did he look at who he was talking to? I said, did he look at him? I said, I don't think he did. An Egyptian doctor, you go and bring American medicine, apply to a Nigerian man. See the confusion. The guy was an Egyptian. Egyptian doctor, American medicine, Nigerian man. Of course he wasn't helping my dad. Because my dad, if I don't mind him, eat anything you want to eat. Now, sorry, I hope, I'm sure I've blessed some people. Some people that don't have money, God gave them, you know, eh, revelation. I found out that the price of bread is not a problem. You know, it's very expensive now. There are so many good local foods that are cheaper. Do you know why it's not cheaper than bread? <laughs> Those of you have, don't, don't, don't even worry your head about, this is Okwa's time, Okwa is raining now. How should you drink? What's wrong with water? <laughs> you are increasing the cost. I'm talking about cost. You are talking about Quan Coke. Please, I just want to tell families, all right? Because they don't come, I'll be praying about bread. There are other things I've given you to eat. Gary and grandma does not hurt people in the morning. I hope you know. It's the will of God. There's golden mon, there's kasamon. Everything. <laughs> the Lord is good. That's an aside. That's not part of our message. Yo. Just as some people here, they'll be looking for it. God said, I've given you enough food. It's in your kitchen. You don't want to eat it. Eh? You want to be making sandwiches. <laughs> You're an African, my guy. You're not a European. Leave that bit. Let me preach my message. I said, let me tell somebody, because I discovered it today, that Okwa is much, much cheaper than bread right now. Yes, go and check. The Lord is good. Now, the point I'm making is what we would all try to do eh, is make us meditate on our diet as a source of our health. That's why I said everything I said so far. But it's not right. Your diet is not the source of your health. It's absolutely not the source of your health. When you want to meditate, meditate on God as the source of your health. That's what I'm going to say. It will bring down your blood pressure. There are very few people who are trying to treat you in this life who are not concerned about their pocket. There are very few. One person that's never concerned about his pocket is God. Everything he tells is, is for your own good. You want to bring, you know, Enough research. There was one particular message I listened to by David Paulson some time ago. I have a lot of his messages. So I really can't identify that one. I'm still looking for it. If you have heard, if you hear it, please, just let me know the name. I'm trying to get it. When he gives statistics, figures, on how just by, just not even big prayer of faith, just a, a minister going to the hospital ward to pray for patients, reduces the number 
of visits by health professionals necessary. They need less nursing care. They need to see doctors less often. They, that is just by a patient. Don't just come, let me. That is the person doesn't have faith. Though. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That do you know because of hatred for God, they removed us. Uh, UK hospitals now don't have chaplains. They used to have chaplains. They said they can't afford it. But they said that but now you need more nurses. Yet you tell me you cannot afford the chaplain. It tells you people just hate God. Now, where am I going? Do you know, he, he gave figures that statistically it has been shown just the act of praying improves patient outcome. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That if you put patients on one side and put on this side, give them the same treatment. This particular group, just when somebody goes, hello, please, can I pray with you? Father God, have mercy upon you. Just basic prayer. Then get somebody else to go and talk to the other people. At the end of the day, you find that these people that were, that is, you need to balance it. If it's the talk, talk, is it the touch? Praying is being shown to improve patient's outcome. But the world, they don't, anyway, what am I going to say? If you meditate on God, eh? You will cure your cancer. Yes. I will link to the, uh, Pastor Delvan again, his music today. That line hit me again. He said, that I would not be afraid. He said, because I called upon his name long before my troubles came. What am I saying? Before you have any sickness, meditate on God the healer. He will cure sicknesses you did not know existed. What did David say? He said, I, that is the place of our help. Meditating on who God is. He said, in my night watches, look at what I do. I meditate on that name. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Can I just remind us of the meaning of the word meditate? Meditate does not mean to think alone. It has a lot of thinking that goes with it, most certainly. But meditate means it involves using your mouth to talk. That's why I said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt do what? Meditate therein day and night. So it will not depart from your mouth. You will do what? Meditate. So what was he saying? The way by which you meditate is by it not departing from your mouth. That's what he was saying. And I've told us, you will talk about it some time ago again in, in reminder, that you are discussing with your friend. You are discussing with your family. What are you saying about the Lord? Please let's not forget it. That's how you activate spiritual things. Though. How do we know what the, who the Bible is about? It's who he talks about the most. Anytime you open one page, the Lord's name is plastered everywhere. From the beginning to the end, his name is everywhere. Every page you open, his name is there. Thousands of times he's referred to. Thousands of times he's talked about. Thousands of times he's addressed. Thousands of times his commandments are given to people. So you don't need any spirit to come and tell you who this book is about. What I want to say, what am I trying to say? Who is your life about is simple. Who do you talk to? The most, who do you talk about the most? That's what your life is about. Now, what am I going to say again? You take health as an example. How much of medicine do you discuss? And how much of God God as the healer do you discuss? It shows where the place of your help is. Keep your eyes. You know what David said? Psalm 121. Now, most of the time in our house, someone wants to recite it. We don't bother with Psalm 1, with verse 1. For those who know, they told us that actually it's a question. 
The devil said that, mm, will I lift up my eyes to the hills? Say, no, 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 no. Is that where my help will come from? Say, no, 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 no. My help comes from the Lord. So in my house, when we want to start, we'll start from verse 2. Finish praying in the morning, all right. Where does our help come from? Everybody starts. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He will not allow, allow our food to sleep. He that watches over us will not slumber. He that, you know, we, we keep on reciting it. What am I going to say? It's where you keep your eyes. That's what I'm referring to that verse 1. It's where you keep your eyes that your help is coming from. Do you get that? If you keep your eyes on the mountain, expect help from the mountain. Except that what? There's no help there. If you keep your eyes on Nigeria army, expect help from them. Except that what? They are strengthened. And they don't, they don't know how to distinguish between victim and kidnapper sometimes and bandit. That's how they kill some policemen some time ago. In, uh, was it in Taraba State? Yes. Because somebody told them that the policemen were the kidnappers and the kidnapper was a victim. Somebody told the policemen to stop. They didn't stop. They shot off the whole vehicle. In the process, killed a lot of policemen. Only to find out that, no, those guys, so, do you want your help from such a place? They are not bad people, but they are what? Flesh. The arm of flesh. If you make it in strength, they will disappoint. Where do you keep your eyes? We're talking about the place of your help. David said, my help comes from the Lord. So I will not keep my eyes on the hills. I will not lift up my head to the hills. I will lift up my eyes and keep on the Lord. How do I do that? By meditating about him in my night watches. I remind us again. See, this is an assignment. Go and find like 10 scriptures that describe the fact that God is a healer. And memorize them. Now, whether you are sick or not, many of us want to wait till we are sick before we start. No, no. In your health. Now, let me just say something about sickness. You know I know about sickness. I go to school about the thing. The thing is always developing. That is always trying every day to develop. One of the things that your body does is to keep killing it. 97, 90, okay, more than 97% of human beings are trying to get lymphoma and leukemia every day. Did you hear what I said? You didn't hear me well. More than 97% of of human beings are walking every day. (laughs) And I said that in a funny way, but it's a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, if it brings some of their white cells, put it in the dish, remove the cells that kill cancer cells. 97% of people in that dish, they develop a lymphoma in a few days. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. That's what I told you. It's literal. I won't give you more details than that. There's a way you can do it. All right? Just bring out, that is, get my point. Just bring out some, what appears like normal cells from them. Then remove the cells, the white cells that normally fight you know, some things, diseases, and just put it in a medium where it can grow. Out of 97% of human beings, you will find tumor cells growing. For you to be healthy right here, life has to be working in you all the time. What does not grow when you are there sitting down healthy? Yeah, because God has put life. So anyone that... They are always fighting. There are these guys inside your system fighting every day, knocking them off, knocking them off. And they keep knocking them off until you are 100 years old, 120, or until you are tired. Occasionally, they miss it. That is why, whether you feel healthy or not, you should meditate on God the healer, on Jesus the healer on a daily basis. I gave you an assignment. 
find about 10 different scriptures and make it your check, you know, what do you call it now? When you go for checkup, make it your checkup. No, not checklist, I mean like, that's your medical checkup. Once a week. So let me go tell your family, I want to go, let's go and take our medicine. When we were young, those days, before we didn't know, we didn't know it was not good. We used to give, um, every Sunday, my father would give all, all of us Sunday, Sunday medicine. How many of you took it? Ah, Judah, as young as you are, you took it. That was a bad idea. <laughs> In Africa, we don't use it anymore. Any, uh, 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 we don't use it anymore unless it's a special reason. There has to be a special reason because we have found out that it, it, it has its own problems. You need to get that malaria once in a while <laughs> to let your body know it has power against it. And that's one reason why it was discontinued. And every drug has its own side effects anyway. Now, so I'm going to say that, you may, okay, Sunday, Sunday medicine, monthly, monthly medicine. Say, I want to take my medicine. If you can do it daily, good. It is not a religious exercise. It's real injection. It's real injection. It's real injection. What I want to say will make some people laugh. They won't like it, but it's true. People have told me, I don't say this. Some people will copy it. Do it, yes. They say, they will now make it into a ritual. It's not a bad ritual. It won't kill you. It will bless you. What I'm about to say. You don't have to do this, but this will help you. Those who need it, they will know. Get a bowl of water and read the script. See, is anybody sending you the water? Did I tell you that? Come and give me your Let me give you water. Fetch it from your own fridge, from your own tap. Buy a sachet of pure water there. Open it. And then take your scripture. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases. And by his stripes I have been healed. Go to Isaiah chapter 53 and read it. I am the Lord, I'm the Lord your doctor. Go to your scriptures and read it. Read it into that. Keep on reading all those on that. No inhabitants of Zion will say I am sick. You are meditating on the scriptures. You will put that water there to be catching anyone that's falling down. Then when you finish it, say, Father, we thank you. Drink that glass of water. In Jesus' name, amen. Without water, heal the sick? Yes. The James not says, is anyone sick amongst you? Let him call upon the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed anything, he will be forgiving him. What do you say? Sometimes those advancing the cause faith extenders. I'm not saying, listen to, listen to what you cannot do. I didn't say you should do it. You can't now put it in the bottle and send to your mother in the village. That's not what I said. <laughs> but you can call any believer and say, let us pray together. Let's look for something to extend the faith. We're about to pray. Get a glass of water. Put it there. Then we pray. Say, now drink that water. There's nothing. No, I, see, I'm not joking. If you want to inhale your own, it's okay. Yes, you, I mean, you don't inhale the water. That's not what I mean. I mean like, put your hand like this and pray and declare the word of God. When you finish, put it over your face. In Jesus' name, amen. Fine. If you want to use oil for your own, put the oil there. When you finish blessing your family, anoint them with oil. It's scripture. All of these are what? Faith extenders. The emphasis is on what? Meditating on the name of the Lord and his promises. That is the emphasis. That's the emphasis. I want us to do some declarations together. Please don't forget it. Read through your scriptures. Divine protection. Find it. In fact, the best one for that one is Psalm 91. And Deuteronomy 33. These are the ones I've considered best. And Psalm 121. In fact, there are so many all popping in my head. Psalm 23 itself is good. They are prophetic words. That's how you activate the work in the spirit. 
I hope you are getting my point. See, this earth you are seeing, eh? there are so many unseen spirits that are walking around. The Bible says one turned by angels. It said they are ministering spirits sent forth to do what? Minister for those who inherit salvation. That is when God wants to save you, he sends angels to minister to you. And what the Bible says concerning angels? He said they do what? They hearken unto what? The voice of the word of God. Bless the Lord, ye is angels, mighty in strength, who hearken unto the voice of his word. Now, this is what I understand by that. It didn't say the angels hearken to the word of God. Did they say that? What did he say? The voice of his word. Which means you and I must give voice to his word. It means you and I must give voice to his word if we want them to hearken. We have a responsibility. That's what I'm going to emphasize. I found out that if Peter didn't shout Jesus, he would have drowned and Jesus was watching him. There was a word, walk on water. He needed to activate it by faith. If angels hearken unto the voice of God's word, and they have been sent forth to minister for those who inherit salvation, it tells me something. Those who inherit salvation must activate the activity of the angels by the word on their lips, by giving voice to his word. When we were young those days in school, they taught us one funny thing. Reading from that particular scripture of that book of Hebrews. He said, so I command my angels to go and bring food. I said, I, did, no, I, I grew up, I said, no, there's nobody in the Bible that commanded any angel to do anything. Do you know anyone? You saw anyone? You look like you've seen one, one person before. You heard this too, somebody commanded angels. I don't believe, you see, forget that. The Bible didn't tell us to command angels. We extrapolated it in a convoluted manner. That because you were sent for to minister for those who inherit salvation, that means that you go and become, say, angels, stop that car. I wake up in the morning and say, I told my angels to go and bring my food. They don't, they don't speak your English. They don't even listen to you for your information. The Bible says they do what? They hearken unto the voice of his word. So instead of trying to direct angels, you speak the word. I hope you're getting my point. Because if it's normal person, you will tell those angels, angels, arrest all those men, beat them, kill them, flog them, send them back to Aram. That's the one surrounding Elisha. But God didn't want that. God wanted them blinded. I didn't pray to the angels. Who? Did, I, did Elisha pray to the angels? Did he command the angels? Who did he pray to God? Now, what am I going to say? You don't need to see angels first. They have ears. They hear. You can't, it's idolatry. Listen to this. You may not realize it, but it's idolatry. For you to say, angels, I command you to protect me. Mm -mm. You don't talk to them. They don't, they're not your, you can't keep your eyes on them. They don't even like that. Say, do I look like your protector? It's, who will give angels charge? It's not you. It's God. He will give his angels charge concerning you. So you have a problem, you talk with your father. They ask what the angel is saying. Don't get me involved in this thing. But what do you do? You give voice to his word. So, Psalm 91 as an example. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How do you dwell in the secret place? I will say of the Lord is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him I trust. That's activity. That's activity of giving voice to his word. My God, in him I trust. As you are saying it, the angels are hearing it. 
Just imagine that they were sleeping before. They don't sleep. Just as an example. They wake up. They start booting. They carry their arms. As you are declaring it, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. God has already programmed the angels that once they hear somebody by faith saying he's my fortress about God, they build a fortress around the individual. Do you get the point? It's not as if you say, now, build a fortress now. I begin to command you angels. Angels, fortress. No. Just say, my God is my fortress. My God is my fortress. My God is my fortress. As you are saying that, the angels, are, they are, as you are saying it, they are dancing to it. They are going around you. Woe betide the evil spirit. That's that the day he wanted to come and try you. When Satan said he kept away from Job's house, there's a reason. When you have been injured before, you too, you keep away. <laughs> do you get the point I'm making? How do we activate that activity of angels? It is simple. It's by putting what? Giving voice to the word of God. They hearken unto the voice. That's Psalm 103. Which verse is there? Verse 20, yes. From 19, it says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty, his kingdom, rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. That's verse 20. Obeying the voice of his word. I want you to bear that one in mind. They obey the voice of his word. When it comes to abundant provisions also, what do you do? Now, remember that our medicine I said you should use. Don't forget it too. That's my prescription. The doctor said to somebody here, take medicine two times a day. What is that medicine? Is the word of God on your lips. How to help you know you are imbibing is what I said. I said, take a glass of water and speak the word with that glass in front of you and drink it at the end. Say, Lord, I drink this water as a sign that my inside is being cleansed with your word. Do it two times a day. And please come and share your testimony. I'm telling you, somebody's going to get healed. 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 healed. Most certainly. It's not the water H2O. It's that we are using that to just convey faith. Faith in the word. Faith in the word. Faith in the word. So when it comes to abundant provision also, what do we do? It is simple. Ah, again, I like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. One time you say that. When you say the Lord is your shepherd. eh? The shepherdic effectors. Is that English good? The angels that have been sent to effect that doctrine in your life. They are activated. Angels are inactivated by grumbling. Did you hear what I said? They are what? Yes. They are inactivated by grumbling. I don't know what's going on in this country. Eh? Where, what, what, look at where Buhari has brought us to. This salary cannot... I went to market with daddy. Do you know how much you now sell milk? My God. Do you know how much you now sell oil? The money can't even reach anything. This kind of nonsense country, I should have known. When we were voting last time, as you are saying it, the angel is like, the more you talk, they start falling over. 
When the angel wants to collapse, it goes to another person's house. God said, what are you doing here? He said, the one you gave me charge concerning is not interested. God said, okay, go and stay here before he injures with his bad, bad, bad words. You don't have to tell angels, walk and shake it before they start feeling bad. It's just talk, just talk nonsense. The roads are not safe anymore. They're not safe. Some people were going to the other day. They got kidnapped. The one did not get kidnapped. They fell into the river. Two of them drowned. Some people went to celebrate on the beach. They drowned. They found their bodies after two days. This life is just, 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 just. Come on, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm telling you. One guy was just going to the other day. They were shooting somewhere else. Stray bullets just hit and he died. I've told my children not to go out again while they stay in the house. Meanwhile, the other day, some people, they stay in the house, building collapsed, two children died. So I've told my children not to stay in the house again. Just be staying under the tree. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. The other man just fell sick and he just died. And the angels are just tired. They can't walk. They can't walk. They can't. They can't walk. You, 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 you drain them of energy. Because they need energy. The spirit needs to flow into them. They are ministering spirits. Their food is spirit. I hope you're getting my point. The energy is a spiritual thing. And where does it come from? From the word of God you give voice to. Grumbling is a temptation that must be resisted. Instead, what should be on your lips? Thanksgiving. I thought about it the other day. That's you just over the last two days. No, the last one week, I was just thanking God for safety. I was just thanking God for protection. Just thanking God for, you know, keeping us. Just thanking God for, you know, watching over us. Just thanking God. Sometimes when my children want to go out, maybe the temptation is like, don't go. <laughs> one day my son was in church. Somebody asked in children's church. Some, all you children here, you don't go. How many of you go to school by yourself? My son put up his hand. Ah, their teacher came and told my mother and my wife. Say, very good. You guys are raising this guy very well. I say, ah, you think I believe what I'm doing? Take, see, <laughs> take transport fare. Go and bus. It was small that time. They were so, in the whole children's church, only two of them, they said they enter bus. When you leave school, you enter bus. Say yes now. My father gave me money. If I remember, it was Reverend Felix here that helped me train him how to enter bus. Then our former office, he would cross his school, bring him out. He rode with him two or three times. Next time, this is your money. Enter bus. Keep your money very well. He was, someone told me that, ah, why would you do that? What did they kidnap you? So I said, so what will I now do? I will not be carrying all the days of my life. No, that's not a blessing. I said, boy, what about kidnapping? I said, come. They shall not kidnap you in Jesus' name. Now enter your bus and go. Uh, if I, you know children, all of them were not coming. I said, please, when am I going to start entering bus to go to school? <laughs> I told you that one. I said, it's not going to happen because economics doesn't make sense. I said, by the time I calculate, oh, four of you now, you jump buses three times, check the money. It's cheaper to just drive my motor. <laughs> but for <laughs> It was wrong. I want to enter, but I said, I said, it's not your fault. So people are praying that. So people are praying. So people are praying that someone will carry them an air conditioned car. You people are praying that you will leave your air conditioned car to go ahead and bus. No, I had to conquer fear as my children began to grow. 
If a woman saw me one day, he said he saw two children on the road. He was Bengal or Mena. He said, I recognize these children. See, he saw them cross road somewhere. They went to go and enter bus. He said, Oh, they are banking kids. Oh, they he was pretty surprised and impressed. I said, What did you think? If to, even if in Lagos today, I will go and I will show you how to jump from one mode to hey, 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 life is not air conditioned. You have to get used to that. And I'm not going to make it make it look to you like life is air conditioned. When you are going on the road, the sun does not respond air conditioner. So Work on this. And you need the vitamin D, by the way. It's good for you. Ah, you do. You need to inhale some dust. It boosts your immune system. <laughs> no, you want to know my wife, eh? From day one, my children drank common water. That is, the one we are doing, even a tap, you just get put down for the mouth. Eh? I said, ah. He said, hey, hey, I'm not going to boil water for anybody all my life. See, I'm not talking about day two. The first day you have to drink water. You are born as a baby. My wife gave you the water everybody is drinking. From the cup everybody is using. Say, collect your own gems early in life, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Develop your immunity. <laughs> Do I want my children to have problems or be kidnapped or, you know, or to be injured? No, 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 no. I just have to trust. I can't be with them all the time. So when they are going out, I tell them, the Lord will go with you. There are times I see dogs on the road. I pray to God, any dog that wants to bite my child, kill the dog. I don't care whether it's an expensive dog or not. Any, if you do, who? I've told my children what to do. Just be going your own, JJ. If the dog, I said, just stand one spot. Look the dog. If you carry stick, walk out for head. I said, but never run. I told them, never run. So I told them that one, I told the Lord, please, you know, there are some dogs they crazy, you know. <laughs> so that one, God, you will send your angels. Do that one for me. <laughs> no, but I'm telling you the truth. You have to. No, the Bible says Jesus told us clearly that they have angels. Each of these children have angels. How do I activate the power in their angels? I give them the word of God. So I say to them, the Lord will go with you. The Lord will come with you. He will be the shield round about you. In the name of Jesus, as a mountain surrounds Jerusalem, so does the Lord surround his people. So you are protected. I, I mean, I give them the basic instructions of life, and I prove them. And from time, I taught them very early. When I say, go well, they answer, amen. Have a good day, they answer, amen. The name is not a greeting, it's what? A blessing. People of God. That's how you activate angels. Divine protection through the word of God. Let's ask our feet. Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do this. Oh, one of my favorite. Let's start from um, Deuteronomy 33. People of God, please remember, meditate on this in your night watches. Contemplate spiritual things. Lie down in your room. You know what? Africans often do something. You raise children to tell them that any dark place, what is inside there? Oh, juju. Tell your children, tell yourself, because the problem with adults that did themselves, <laughs> I'm happy you laugh because even adults they fear the dark. Lie down in the, in the dark and give the Lord thanks. The Lord is with you always. Darkness is not dark to Him. I hope you get my point. I hope you know when you, you can't even hide from God in the dark. You can see clearly. It doesn't need your light to see. The glory of God is the illumination of heaven. I hope you get my point. So there's no hiding place. So if, if even you cannot hide from his presence, this evil spirit that cannot hide there. First tell that one to yourself. Everywhere you are, God is there. And his angels are there. 
When you lie down in the dark, close your eyes and give the Lord thanks. Don't focus on the angels, please. Focus on the Lord. Give him thanks. You know that he's present. You know that he's present. And you call him names. You know? You know how, you should know how to call. I, you know, you should just call the name of the Lord. Before David, before Joseph, what is it, our brother's name? Moses could pray. The Lord had to pass by him and give him names. The Lord. The Lord God. No? Slow to anger. Abundant in loving kindness. That, that's the name. Sometimes I just lie down and just call that name. The Lord God. Slow to anger. Lover of my soul. The Lord God. Died for my sins. Rose again for my justification. Lord God. Keep out of my life. Keep out of my life. The pillar that holds my life. Him in whom I live and move and have my being. Meditate on his name in, in the night watches. When you have heard all the bad news of the day, go back and lie down. And tell yourself the good news of the Lord. Say, the dollar is getting more expensive. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Because the economy of heaven is not dollarized, neither is it naranized. That's it. Abundant provision is my portion. If God let me pay 10,000 naira for bread, I will eat it. If he pays 200 naira for it, I will eat it. God just supply the food that I will eat. I wake up in the morning, any food he brings, I give the Lord thanks. No matter how expensive the food is, if he wants me to eat that one, he will bring it. I hope you're getting my point. Contemplate the Lord all the time. Stop contemplating on your troubles. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Let's do this. Deuteronomy 33. I like this. Deuteronomy chapter 33. Are you there? This was Moses blessing the children of Israel before he died. He now says something. After he finished blessing everybody, you know what he did last? He magnified the Lord. <laughs> Are you there? We're well, going to read from verse 26. Everybody say after me. I want to paraphrase some things. That's why I'm asking you to say after me instead of us reading it together. Say, there is none like the God of Israel. There is none like my God. Who raised the heavens to my help. And to the skies in his majesty. The eternal God is my dwelling place. I need to say that again. The eternal God is my dwelling place. And underneath me are his everlasting arms. Say, he drives out the enemy from before me. He says, let destruction overtake them. So I dwell in safety. Say it again. So I dwell in safety. The fountain of my life is secluded in a land of green and new wine. And my heavens also drop down dew. Say it again. My heavens drop down dew. Because there is none like my God. The heaven over me will drop down dew. It will drop down abundance. It will drop down fertility. No matter the situation around me. There is none like my God. There is none like the God of the Israel of God. I need to say that. You know, it sounds like I'm repeating myself, but I know what I'm saying. Because uh, Paul said, peace be upon the Israel of God. Because people talk about Israel, they are thinking of the one in 
you know, that side, Middle East. No. There's what is called the Israel of God. And that is the Church of Christ. And there's none like our God. There is none like our God. The Bible says he raised the heavens to our help and to the skies in his majesty. No matter where you are, you will have help in the name of Jesus. No matter where you are, you will have help in the name of Jesus. In the middle of this desert, you will have help. In the middle of the ocean, you will have help. At home, you will have help. On the road, you will have help. In the field, you will have help. In the name of Jesus Christ. You know, it says, you will dwell in the land of safety. You will dwell in security. God will seclude you in a land of green and new wine. Listen, whatever God has kept you is a land of green and new wine. See, when you wake up, in, in that night season we are talking about, if you say it, I am secluded. I am, you know, I am kept in a land of green and new wine. What does that mean? God will supply your basic necessities. Amen. And he will supply luxuries unto you. Amen. I learned that from Derek Prince. He said when the Bible talks about green, he's talking about the basic necessities of life. Everything that you need. And when he talks about new wine, he's talking about luxury. Talking about luxury. Things that you may not think you need, God will just bless you with it. You've made up your mind, you're going to the motor park, so let me go to the, you know, and, and go to Lagos. God said, wait, go and take it. Say, flight is now 100K. God said, don't worry. Did I tell you to pay money? I said, take ticket. How does he do it? I don't know. He does such things. That's what is meant by what? New wine. That's what's meant by new wine. You can, you can cook in your small kitchen and eat it by yourself and you'll be satisfied. It's not a bad thing, is it? But God can also carry you for a buffet. It's called new wine. It's called new wine. I hope you're getting my point. That's what he does. God will give you new wine in Jesus' name. Amen. He will supply your grain Amen. and he will supply your wine. Amen. He will supply your grain Amen. and he will supply your wine. Amen. I hope you know with God, eh? one naira and one hundred naira, they are the same thing. One dollar and one million dollars, you can't really see any difference. That's why I say all the time, look, when you see somebody who's flying private jet, stop whining. That's why you won't be blessed. And what are they doing? Spending so much money. Is it your money? Is his private money going to private places and decide to use a private jet? Some people like to criticize. They don't know that God you're looking for, that this guy, if you don't keep quiet, I'm going to slap you. Why? Because your car is somebody else's private jet. Ah, you shell out 10 million to buy a car. You see, this plane now, it can help the poor. You think 10 million can help the poor too? <laughs> is it only plane money that can help the poor? You don't be talking nonsense, self-righteousness. Look, God will give you anything you need to fulfill his purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have to fly with a 737 all by yourself, God will send it. Amen. If you have to go with a keke, God will send it. Amen. If you have to trek there, God will give you strength. Amen. And that's what we are saying. That's what we are saying. What are we saying? In your land, you will have grain Amen. and you have new wine. Amen. And the heavens over you will drop down dew. Amen. Remember, we are talking about God. Say, everybody, say it again. Say, there's none like my God. There is not like my God. The all-sufficient God. The abundant God. The God of righteousness. The God of faithfulness. Look at what Moses said. He said, blessed are you, O Israel. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? Who is the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty? Listen to this. He says, so your enemies will cringe before you. And you will tread upon their high places. Amen. I say to you, sickness will cringe before you. Amen. Poverty will cringe before you. Amen. Confusion will cringe before you. Amen. Weakness will cringe before you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Every negative thing of life, temptations, they will cringe before you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
you will never be confused. Amen. Why? Because there is none like your God. Say it again. There is none like my God. He raised the heavens to my help. And to the skies in his majesty. Now say this. The eternal God is my dwelling place. The eternal God is my dwelling place. And underneath me is everlasting arms. In the name of Jesus Christ. Again, let's go to Psalm 23. Quickly, let's go to Psalm 23. Psalm number 23. I believe we are there. It's a very powerful psalm, which you have learned since childhood. If you don't know that psalm, you probably were not born in a Christian environment. Even Muslims know it. Now, let's recite together. One, two, let's go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say that again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. One more time. For the last time, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He will make you lie down in green pastures. Amen. Now listen, this scripture starts with what the Lord is and who the Lord is. Every other thing is derived from that. Never forget it. So once you just say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's act- the angels are activating these things. Angels are activated. Once you say, the Lord is my shepherd, immediately the angels are activated. As a result of the fact that the Lord is your shepherd, listen to this, you shall not want. Amen. He will make you land in green pastures. Amen. He will lead you beside quiet waters. Amen. He will restore your soul. Amen. He will guide you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Amen. For he is the Lord that is always with you. Amen. I say it again, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Amen. If you travel on the road, they say kidnappers used to patrol, you will fear no evil. Amen. If you travel at night, you will fear no evil. No matter what the danger around may be, you will fear no evil. Why? For the Lord who is your shepherd will be with you. His rod and his staff, they will comfort you. Listen to me. This is the word of the Lord. He he has prepared a table before you. In the presence of many enemies. Don't focus on the enemies because the Lord is your shepherd. He has driven out the enemies from before you. He said, let destruction overtake them. You, you will dwell in safety. He has prepared the table before you and you will eat fatness on that table in Jesus' name. Because the Lord is your shepherd, you are anointed with oil. And your cup will overflow. What does it mean to be anointed? It means to have ability. Because the Lord is your shepherd, you have ability. Whatever it is that you have been given to do, you will have the strength to do it in the name of Jesus. Christians don't succeed by their own energy. They succeed by how? Grace. How do you activate the grace? Just say, the Lord is my shepherd. I hope you're getting my point. Teach your children this also. Adults also use it. When you want to study, you want to prepare for something, start with, the Lord is my shepherd. Where, where you are going to is the fact that he anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. I hope you're getting my point. There's an anointing to succeed in this life. There's an anointing to do what you have to do. You see, Christians, oh my God, stop walking by... By side by his own strength. The arm of flesh cannot be your strength. Anything you have to do, even if it's cooking, cook by faith. You enter the kitchen to cook, say, the Lord is my shepherd. He has anointed my head with oil. I have ability. You know, people say they want to start a business. They bury pig. Have you heard that thing before? You say they bury, bury live animal. Now, do people bury something that I really don't care? But you say bury your own now. Ah! Won't you bury something? You say, if people are bur- okay, you carry water. <laughs> carry your own water I'm telling you speak the word to it I have favor in the name of you and sprinkle the environment 
I'm, I'm serious. I'm not joking about that. I'm very, very serious. So, Pastor Banker, are you telling us to do ritual? Yes. Ah, uh-uh. are you go do court? No, go do ritual. Have you ever seen a court? They don't have ritual. Okay, never join court. Okay, you have joined this one now. You have joined this one. You must do ritual. I hope you're getting my point. When you get home, break bread. I've said, scare your neighbor sometimes. Put off the light and use candle. <laughs> so what are you doing? He said, I'm lighting the, said, the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. The light shines in darkness, and darkness cannot overcome it. Light, can just put it in the boat there. Then bring drink and bring bread. On the night it was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it. And he said, this is my body. I'm telling you. Tell the children, eat it. And start saying things like, Jesus is risen from the dead. Mm. <laughs> he ascended to heaven. Amen. He's <laughs> coming back again. Mm. Ah, you dare do, uh, he shed his blood for our sins. Mm. This blood has washed our sins. Mm. Your neighbors won't come near that place again. <laughs> They'll be peeping through the window and say, Man, this man don't enter. I say, ah, Everybody must enter something. And those of us who have entered, we should do the thing now. Ah. I mean, I'm telling you, we have a new business. Put the water there. Ah. That's one area where I like Catholics. They will get grandfather go bring that long thing like this. <laughs> yes, everybody should do it. Ah. I'm serious. Don't think I'm joking. Pastor, what are you teaching people? I'm teaching them to do their own rituals. Everybody must do ritual. If you don't want to use ritual with water, do ritual with words. Stand in front of them and speak. Come early. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Tell people in your office, you own a business. Say, hey guys, this is my own shrine. I want to, I'm bringing my shrine people, they are coming. You bring some of your friends. You don't even know go and get a pastor. Get your friends. Say, let's anoint these premises. In the name of Jesus, we plaster these walls with divine protection. We lay hands ability. If once you walk in here and you come in with evil, you will not be able to survive here. You will be trembling in Jesus' name. Ah! Read scriptures all over the place. When you finish, if you have water, in the name of holy water. Yes, I have holified the water right here. I'm not saying send the water to somebody. That is so. I'm teaching believers make your own there. That's what I'm saying. What is the water? Just a sign. Because you know, again, sometimes when we are Africans, we have to. Now that when we get to heaven, I don't believe that black worship and white worship is going to be the same place. Jesus Christ, we just said that tomorrow, uh, Domo will be leading the white brethren on the other side. But uh, black brothers, Ken Franklin is going to be jamming tomorrow morning seven. Do you want the revolution? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> In the same manner, there are things we do. Because uh, I tell people, when I say people, say, ah, people will start doing ritual. I say, if this ritual they are going to do, let them do it. You wake up in the morning, you declare the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, why are you, you finished breaking bread? You and your family, you break the bread. You share the drink. You drink. This is a cup of the new covenant. By this, your sins have been washed away. Power of grace to resist temptation has come into your life. And you go to your office, you declare those words. Favor in the name. See, if somebody can bury animal and succeed, Abba, if I bury the word, I should double succeed. The problem is our diligence. The pro- because once you are, once the word you are bearing, you can't lie. Because every, every ritual has its own a war. You know what they call a war? Abominations, forbidden things, things you don't do. They tell you that a woman does not touch this shigidi. That water does not touch it. 
It must not touch the ground. Otherwise, you destroy the power. Uh-huh. In Christianity, we too, we have. What is our own ego? Iniquity. Once you start that business, you can't lie. You can't say, I, I bought it only, you know, I, I bought it for 2000 now. How much are I going to make? Meanwhile, you bought this thing one eight or one five. Your business is going down. You don't have to tell your customer how much you bought it. You can tell him how much you are selling it. We have our own a war, abomination, forbidding things, rules you don't break. Rules you don't break. We have them plenty. We don't cheat people. You forget our money. If you forget your money with us, we'll keep it for you. If you overpay us, we 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 we, we keep it somewhere. We'll keep it. And next time you come and say, ah sir, that money that day when we counted it, it was supposed to be twenty five thousand eight. You didn't know you went and counted twenty eight thousand five. Eh, okay. We kept your balance for you. It's in your accounts. So next time you are buying, detect, deduct this. Those are our own forbidden things. But that our ritual, we must do it. I will do it periodically. I hope you are getting my point. I thought we should put somewhere, right? Oh, I have not said anything. Hmm? Okay, yes. All right. So it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with all my cup overflows. Now listen to this. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow you all the days of your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right, let's read some more scriptures. Let's read some more scriptures. Quickly. Last time we read Exodus 15. Let's not go back to that one again. Let's read them. Um, ah, there are quite a number of them. Just checking which one we should read now. Jeremiah 17. Let's do Jeremiah chapter 17 from verse 12. Jeremiah 17 from verse 12. We are reading three verses, 12 to 14. Then we are going to meditate on verse 14. All right, are you there? One, two, let's go. A glorious throne on high from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away on earth will be written down, because they have forsaken the fountain of living water, even the Lord. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are my praise. Now listen to this. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. What does that mean? There is nothing that is incurable with the Lord. Now, I'm saying to somebody this evening, you will be healed. Amen. You are healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, from this scripture, we declare the Lord is your healer. Amen. The Lord is your healer. Amen. Say it again. The Lord is my healer. Say with your own mouth, the Lord is my healer. The Lord is my healer. Please, I want to give you a minute. Just meditate on that. Just say, the Lord is my healer. Now, cure yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Just by lifting up the name of the Lord. Just say, the Lord is my healer. He said, I am the Lord that healed thee. It's an important word. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my healer. We, we must meditate on the Lord all the time. He's our healer. Now listen to this. This is the word of God. Please listen to this. Surely our griefs he himself bore. Amen. And our sorrows he carried. Amen. He was smitten of God and afflicted for our iniquities. Amen. So he was pierced through for our transgressions. Amen. He was crushed for our iniquities. Amen. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. Amen. And by his scourging we are healed. Amen. Everybody say, by his scourging. By his scourging. I, I am healed. Say it again, I am healed. I am healed. Say, heal me, O Lord. Heal me, o Lord. 
and I will be healed. Say, you have healed me, O Lord, by the suffering of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I am healed. Say, I am healed. Now, listen to this. See, spiritual things are real. If you contemplate the things of the Spirit, they will become real in your life. The Bible says that the Word became flesh and did what? And dwelt amongst us. The Word becomes flesh. When God wants to create a new flesh, a new reality in you, he gives you a word. You know what happened to the people of Israel? They were beaten by serpents. God said, if you want to be healed, what do you do? You look at the serpent on the pole. How? Steadily, attentively. No, sorry. What was the first word? The steady and absorbing gaze is the last one. Stead, eh? What's the first word? There's, okay, let's quickly check it. Amplified Bible, Numbers 21. The last one is the steady and absorbing gaze. I thought so too. Let's just, let's just read it. I mean, we have the Bible in front of us here. Say, so with a steady and absorbing gaze. Uh-huh. It's attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. Verse 9. And Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole. And if the serpent had beaten any man, when he looked to the serpent of bronze, attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. You don't, you don't live by glancing. You live by what? Focus. It's by focus. Can you close your eyes, everybody? Just for 15 seconds, just contemplate the Jesus on the cross. Who suffered for your sins? You can talk. You can talk to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For you took my pain. Thank you, Jesus. You took my sorrows. Thank you. I am healed because you took away my infirmities. By your scourging, by the stripes that you received on the cross, I am healed. Therefore, I am healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I'm healed in every inch of my body, every part of my body. My eyes receive strength. My brain is rejuvenated. My heart is strong. If you need healing in any part of the body, focus that energy in that area, that power of God, the power of Christ Jesus. That's the energy of your meditation. Say, Jesus, you died for my sins. Therefore, this stomach is healed. Therefore, this stomach is healed. Therefore, these joints are healed. Therefore, this neck is healed. Therefore, this pancreas is healed. Diabetes is gone. In the name of Jesus. These are realities we are dealing with. We contemplate his promises. That's how we activate. This is a place of our help. Our help comes from the Lord. Who made the heaven and the earth. He will not allow our food to sleep. He who watches over us will not slumber. Indeed, who he watches over his people does not slumber and does not sleep. The Lord is our keeper. The Lord is our shade at our right hand. Declare it in the name of Jesus. I'm healed from the top of my health, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Quickly, let's open to Psalm 46 again. Verse 1 says what? God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Verse 2. Therefore we will not fear. Though the mountains shake. 
And though the mountain slip into the heart of the sea. Three. Though its waters roar and foam. Though the mountains quake as a swelling pride. We are stopping there. Remember, verse 1 says what? God is our refuge and strength. Therefore, we will not fear. Why? He's a very present help in the time of trouble. Now, no matter what happens on this earth, we will not be afraid. Amen. I'm saying to you, you will not be afraid. Amen. Because God is our ever-present help. Amen. Even if there is earthquake, we will not be afraid. Amen. If there's economic quake, we are not going to be afraid. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we will not be afraid. Amen. God is our refuge and our strength. Everybody say that. God is my refuge. God is my refuge. Remember, when you are saying that, you are activating what? Angels. You are activating the power of God around you. Say it again. God is my refuge. God is my strength. God is my present help in the time of trouble. Say it again. God is my refuge. God is my defense. My defense against economic hardship. I feel like telling somebody this. Eh? Whatever you are going to look for in any country, God can bring it to you where you are now. Now, please, that's how, you see, that is what, it is to you according to what? Your faith. Give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you. Just give him thanks. Because his his power is ever present to help you. That's why you are giving thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you. I walk in the realm of the spirit. Now, before we go, yes, now I want you to pray. Now you have a minute for that. Say, Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of your law. Open my eyes that I will see the things that will strengthen my faith. I want you to op- ask God to open your eyes. Say, Lord, give me the eyes of Daniel. Give me eyes like that of Moses. Let my ears hear your voice. The Lord, the Lord God, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness. That's it. Say, Lord, open my eyes. You know, we began like that. Now, God, open my eyes. Let me see wonderful things. Let my gaze be fixed on heaven. Say, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see into the realm of the spirit. I'm tired of walking, you know, mundane walk. When there's danger, let me see the chariots. Don't want to be seeing the trouble. Let your word become real. Say, Lord, strengthen my faith. Strengthen the faith in my heart to the glory of your most holy name.